0: Welcome to episode number 95 on The Herpreneur Show. Today we have the beautiful Josie Bryce Smith, the founder and the CEO of the luxury clean hair care company called Original and Mineral, also known as O&M. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lackovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. events. Don't you love them? My goodness. It'll be so great when the whole world is back to normal and we can all be face to face. We are just gearing up for our biannual event. It's going to be online for our Convert Club members. Two days of intoxicating education from business to life to lead generation. It's just going to be so great having us all together, all on Zoom, all those faces. I think there's probably going to be 70 or 80 of us all together. And hey, sometimes online is great, right? We're getting used to that now. We're getting used to, hey, can sort of have party upstairs, casual downstairs. <laughs> it's great where you can just easily go and grab your snacks and go to the toilet and not worry about, you know, the public toilet germs. So there there are benefits having, you know, these events online as well, but I definitely can't wait to be belly to belly again for these annual events. And hey, if you're wanting help with your sales conversions, if you're struggling with your conversations to convert that lead to the sale, perhaps you are not really charging what you know the value of your products and services are, then hey, if you want some help, reach out. I'd love to have a chat with you. See if it's a match. There's no ickiness there. It's just a great conversation between you and I. If it's a match, great. We can move forward with Convert Club. If not, I always want to give you the next best step. What else you can do that's going to help move that needle for you? Talking about business, let's move on to the lady of the hour. Today we're going to meet the woman that we need to thank for pioneering the way of ammonia-free hair colour in Australia, Josie Bryce-Smith, founder and CEO of O&M Original and Mineral. Not only does it take a lot of courage to compete against the big brands and come into the marketplace with your own hair care product line, it takes even more strength to be the odd one out and having to go there and try and re-educate a whole industry, let me tell you, that would have taken a lot of strength and we actually hear the story today about an Australian brand and how it's now a powerhouse product doctor across the globe in 15 countries, 7 continents and it's just an incredible story to hear the heart and soul behind this brand of Josie how her beautiful values that were brought up from such a young girl and how that has come into fruition today through her business. We're going to hear the journey about launching her business, what she did to stay on top and what happened during COVID. And she shares the most beautiful thing that she did with the client's had nothing to do with sales, just had everything about them coming together. Enjoys today's interview, Josie Bryce Smith, CEO and founder of OM. Josie,
1: tell me, where in this beautiful country of Australia are you right now? I'm in Bondi, which is uh, where I live. I'm uh, one of those English people that came to Sydney 20 years ago for a holiday and never left. So, yeah, I'm still in Bondi, luckily. I feel very lucky to be here and not in England. Ah, oh, the beautiful
0: Bondi Beach. My God, do you get out to walk at all on the beach? Do you actually get to
1: enjoy it now you live in there or are you pretty much? Oh, yeah. No, no, I do. I do. I go nearly every day down to the beach yeah, uh, I swim all summer. I'm definitely more of a fair-weather swimmer than a winter one, but mm-hmm. Me- no, I
0: love going to the beach. Oh, fantastic. Look, you've got a really interesting background. My goodness, can we go back to the evolution of you of before we created this incredible brand, O&M, Tell us who you were before all this. How did you get to here? I know you've got a great background with being a vogue beauty editor, so let's go way back before today.
1: yeah, so I started my career in um publishing in the u k but I was actually on the sales side uh-huh. and I think you know once you can sell space in magazines, you know you can kind of sell anything so and at the time, I was working in IT publishing, and I knew very little about IT. So that was where I started. And um, um, and from there, I came. I also worked in direct marketing in the UK. And then I basically met a hairdresser in a salon in Soho. And he ended up uh, becoming my boyfriend, my husband, and then my ex-husband. <sighs> And so it was him that I came to Australia with for a holiday because he was opening a hair salon and that was in 2000. Mm-hmm. So you know I people often ask me if I'm a hairdresser which I'm obviously not but I've always been passionate about my own hair and um I just I I believe that sales is just a formula And understanding a customer's needs is a formula as well. And so I think that my background in media gave me that very early on. Mm,
0: Wow. So what was – how did the Vogue Beauty Editor come about? What's that best-kept secret about?
1: You know, so what happened was um, when we first opened the salon, so um, the hairdressers that we had in there had all worked at really big, busy salons and we used to big clientele, and this was – 20 years ago when there was only really email had just started, but there was certainly no Facebook or Instagram. So they came across with no clients and they thought they were going to open the doors and people were going to rush in. Uh, So we had this uh, ammonia-free hair color that we'd brought over from the UK and we were doing a lot of marketing around being Sydney's first organic salon. And I mm -hmm. used to ring the beauty editor of Vogue, who was Caroline Padash at the time, and say to her, hey, Caroline, I'd love you to come in and try our ammonia-free hair colour and I've got the best hairdressers from London. And she would say to me, no, I've got my own hairdresser. I've been going to him for 20 years. And then in the end she said to me, are you going to ring me every single day? Yep. and I've done direct marketing. (laughs) And she said, okay, I'll come in. And then I remember we had no clients, so we got – Alan, my ex-husband, to bring his mum in with a good handbag and a good shoe on. And then Wayne, our colours director's mum, came in as well. We put colour on both their hair so they looked like clients. And then um, when Caroline came in, we coloured her hair. And while she was processing, Wayne, the colourist, went outside and started to make fake phone calls to me and I was making fake appointments. (laughs) And uh, anyway, so she did this little write-up in Vogue. It was just this little write-up. And from then we became like a beauty editor's secret. They all started coming. Everyone wanted this low chemical hair colour and it became a thing. And uh, so that's where the Vogue beauty editor fits in, yes. Uh, do you know what I love?
0: That is like true entrepreneurship at its best where you were building that ship as you as you flew it you faked to you made it with just setting the whole scene just to be able to claim that expectation and to be able to set that foundation of first impressions when they walk into your salon like there was really creative work there my gosh <laughs>
1: Yeah. oh my god we faked it for so many years I'm still faking it you, you,
0: you speak to some of these incredible actors and incredible business people out there and they say I still feel like I'm going to get caught out i imposter syndrome the imposter syndrome right
1: it's like oh yeah all the time like there's times we had a the 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 whole of the sydney team for a competency in kpi day two two weeks ago and they asked me to say something in the beginning and there were 28 people and they put the org chart up and i was thinking Jeepers! who put me in charge? Oh my god! Yeah, they're going to find out that I don't really know what I'm doing. I've just got lots of good people around me.
0: Well, you know what? That's the idea, isn't it? Just build the team around you. The skills that you don't have. How did how did you get passionate about the ammonia free? What was the journey to get to there? Were you always an organic girl? Was there an experience or a
1: lack of? Like something that happened to you, like how did you get onto that pathway? Yeah, so, um, my dad had cancer a lot of my childhood, he died when I was 17. Oh, wow! And, um, yeah, he had quite a long journey with it. And so, my mum brought us up to avoid sugar. You know, we were the kids in the health food store eating chocolate raisins and, and drinking apple juice when everyone else was having Coca Cola, which was all very frustrating. But mm. she really you know said to me stay away from chemicals my dad said to me don't use deodorant you know they found aluminium in his armpits um and so I never used deodorant so I was just always brought up like that and Mm -hmm. so that's how I met my uh, ex-husband because he was working in ammonia free hair salon in London and my mum had actually found it and said if you're going to be that blonde then use ammonia free and um he had very bad contact dermatitis, and so when I started working on the reception of his hair salon, which was just supposed to be a temporary thing when I first came to Australia, um, I noticed that so many of the hairdressers working there, and the apprentices in particular who were doing all the shampooing, had really bad uh, contact dermatitis, skin conditions, oh. bleeding. And then also just the smell of the color, because originally we didn't have the ammonia free. We just used a low ammonia color, which was the best that we could get in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, they are going to find out that this stuff is, you know, toxic to the environment and it's a potential carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought that hair color would become like food or makeup or anything else that that they would say, you know, it's potentially toxic. So that was what got me started. Wow. What an incredible,
0: like, education and insight that you had because we found out that we're the same age. I didn't know about chemical-free at 17. It was just just unheard of. And, you know, back then it was those, it was the sprays. It was the 24-hour Rixona and it was the impulse sprays that you'd spray as a teenager It was only for me to, as soon as I fell pregnant with my uh, son, which was, what, six years ago, seven years ago, when I went full chemical free, I just went, right, that's it, no hair dye, no fake nails, changed the deodorant. Um, So that's just incredible. Like, you know, people probably back then, correct me if I'm wrong, thought that maybe you or your mum was a bit of a lunatic thinking, That deodorant was bad for you, or you know, sugar can answer.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. I I felt like I was the abnormal one, and then even when we came to Sydney, there was one little health food store, um, and again, we were the abnormal ones. You know, everyone was using all the major brands. It was all high chemical skincare was high chemical, and you know, people they just the you know the internet was nowhere near as obviously big as it is now and there just wasn't the information available and but i you know i'd sort of known a lot about endocrine disruptors from what happened to my dad because there's a lot of uh you know a lot of these chemicals disrupt your yeah your your system and then also it can trigger a gene there's a lot of gene related cancer that's related to hormones and a lot of these chemicals can trigger hormones and mm-hmm. And, you know, I just see that hair color is sort of my small area of the planet where I can, you know, help make a difference. And if, you know, you know, there's just there is a lot of research now that that particularly in dark hair colors, they are linked to cancer. Yeah. Wow. Um, and and I just thought that if if we could make a color that worked exactly like the high chemical colors, but had less chemicals, was a clean version. Um, that everyone would choose that to me it was a no-brainer you know I didn't realize at the time that I was embarking on a journey that would Mm. see me you know nearly throw myself off a cliff multiple times but that was that was the the innocent
0: thought at the beginning. Yeah yeah the naivety when you first start your business your product your brand and (laughs) You know, sometimes we need that though, so we do go into it, so we do take that step because sometimes if we realise how hard it can be, we, we would never have started in some ways. Who oh, do you think okay. that you were to create your own brand? Like what was it that was happening for you or that you were seeing in the marketplace where you were like, I'm, I'm going to create it, I'm going to create o Like I I have the permission, I have the greatness to do it, like What was that conversation and what was happening for you that time to actually launch your own brand?
1: Yeah, so we were using just in our salon um, a, a brand that we'd got from the UK that was manufactured in Ireland. And so it eventually, we kept it to ourselves just for our own salon for seven years and then we brought a container load over and put it in our garage um, and I was still working on the reception and I was typing the invoices up in Word. In fact, I wasn't even getting any payments from anyone. I was just sending the product out. We were like sheltered workshop, packing it in the back room. And it built up to about $25,000 a month doing that. And I thought, oh, maybe this has got legs. And so mm. I asked the um, the manufacturer for some support on the marketing side and they really weren't interested and so I I started to research, you know, what it would cost to repackage and and look at it and I decided that it would be better for me to own my own brand so that I could do exactly what I wanted with it. So that was probably about 12 years ago now that we, we set up O&M and original and mineral because at the time we had a mineral complex in our first generation of hair color that was very active in the product And original because we were always, we believe we were the original pioneers of clean hair color. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when when you're pioneering something, you kind of make all the mistakes for everyone else. So, and I just like the word original. I've always been a sort of, a bit of a rule breaker. Uh, You know, my mum always used to say to me, oh, I could never tell you what to do. (laughs) And, and, yeah, so I like the word original. And, And it's funny that, now, you know, kind of original thinking and connections and ways of living is so much more of part of the way we're all living. Mm, Yeah. And is that what the
0: meaning of clean is for you? Like when you talk about clean hair, uh, clean luxury hair brands, like, is that what you mean when it's clean as in no
1: chemicals, totally chemical free? What's that meaning to you? Yeah. So hair color is a chemical reaction, right? It's like you're opening the cuticle and you're letting hair color in, you're either taking it out with lightening products or you're depositing color. So there is no such thing as 100% chemical-free color, and that's why we talk about clean because We've researched which are the harshest chemicals, and we've taken those out. So we're free of ammonia, which is very strong-smelling, mm-hmm. obviously, and you know used to clean hospital floors, and you know last thing you want to put on your head. What? And then PPD, which is the main dark hair dye in all uh, conventional colour, which is uh, the one that's linked to breast cancer <gasps> and bladder cancer, and uh, and then resorcinol, which is also a dark hair dye, but it's it's. It's uh, also an endocrine disruptor, but it's um, it's particularly an environmental issue to do with going in the drains when they rinse your hair and then out into the ocean. And then, you know, so much of our fish has got heavy metals in it. Mm. And rickhorpanol is part of that. So when we I – prefer, I prefer to have no smoke and mirrors. I don't like to lie about anything. We yeah. are very upfront with what we take out, what we replace it with, and why. Mm. And I – you know, even before the whole clean beauty movement started, we owned the trademark for clean color technology ten years ago. I just always thought i'm going to call it clean then i'm not I'm not lying to anyone mm-hmm. I think you know I'm not saying organic, I'm not saying I'm digging it up in my garden, and all of a sudden I'm blonde, yeah, yeah,
0: you know I think um there's so many brands these days that have been created by women that it's so integral it's it's this highly integral um, person behind the brand that's really there not just to make the money we're going to business yes to make money but we're going to business because we're here to make a change we we find something that really resonates with us and I can see that you just you know it's it's no coincidence that this beautiful upbringing that you've had and this exposure of chemicals and not so beautiful as well actually really seen you know your father pass away at such a young age it's absolutely no coincidence that this is like a purpose for you do you know what I mean it's like it's the stuff that you're saying now I just think oh my gosh like I'm due to get my hair my greys done next week and I've just changed hairdressers because she's around the corner and I love her. And I've never actually thought to ask: Is this ammonia free? What did you say? Has it got PPD
1: in it? That's just that. Well, without scaring you, to be honest, your colour has the highest concentration of PPD because it's a brown hair dye. So, yes, in actual fact, as the colours get lighter, you don't—it doesn't have it. But yeah, anyway, we send you your colour that you can take to your hairdresser and you can try it. Mm, wow. Uh, and is this I that the consumer can do as well where they
0: can purchase directly or this is just a little special, sweet little thing that you're doing for me?
1: <laughs> so you don't get inundated. That's for you. But what they can do is they can ask their hairdresser and we have, yeah, you know, 10 people that move around the country, actually 12 including our educators, and we can easily get one of them to pop into any salon and give someone's colour that the hairdresser can try on yeah. them. And I think that the, the quest the, the the thing is, start asking more. Ask more. Ask because
0: now yeah. you're educated the more people ask, Do you have O and M? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's getting that message out there more.
1: Yeah, it's true. And it is happening a lot. We are having people ring us saying, Okay, one of my clients wants you to use your product and yeah. so yeah. And we can, We've done all of the testing that we can match it in terms of tone and lasting and grey coverage to any of the major brands. Mm. I mean, if we couldn't, we wouldn't even have the business that we have. So it covers grey, you know, it does blonde, it does everything. Mm. So, yeah, it took, it didn't happen overnight but it certainly does now. So, yeah, it's good. <laughs> so tell us about a bit about the journey
0: of building the business and growing the business. Share about some times that maybe um, – were really stretched you, and maybe at that time you know you weren't thankful that it happened, but when it did, and it might be freshening you personally, but when you look back now, you can perhaps join the dots and think that you're a different person and you're better for for it now because of that experience is there a time that
1: you can share with us um that comes yes. I- there's There's been so many that we need wine for some of them. but um, <laughs> We should have done a nighttime interview. <laughs> uh, but I really believe that um, successful business people see problems in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you've got your values and then the universe sends these things to you that are problems and it, it rocks you. And I've managed to be able to only through – Going through so much is to, to make my neuro association with the success on the other side and solving the problem much greater than the problem. So, for mm-hmm. instance, one of the problems that I had was when I moved the color from this little manufacturer in Ireland, I went to a very big manufacturer in Nevada who had made a very big, uh, in America, who had made a very big multinational brand. And um, They told me, oh, we've made this brand, so, yeah, we can take the PPD out of the hair color. And so I moved my whole manufacturing to them, and the first shipment of color that we got was 200,000 units, and I immediately went on a tour of the U.S. just seeing distributors because we, you know, wanted to launch the color there. And whilst I was there, uh, Rob, who was our uh, national sales manager at the time, started to ring me and he would go, hey weird stuff's going on. Salons are ringing me. We've got hair going pink. We've got gray hair not being covered. Oh my gosh. We've got viscosity issues. And so I was with the manufacturer on this tour of America and I said to them, what's going on? And they said, okay, you know, the, tu- the color comes in a metal tube. And I was like, yes. And they said, you know, the end of the tube gets crimped over. And I was like, yes. And they said, the glue underneath is not tight enough and I said okay just give me like the layman's versions he said it's all gonna oxidize and I said what does that mean he said the whole lot is like a ticking time bomb it's all gonna go off the 200,000
0: products that you just got and shipped out to your clients
1: yeah. And we were what we call a single line distributor. So a lot of distributors around the world have other lines. So if something goes wrong with one, they can swap out for another. We only had OM and we had about 400 customers at the time. So I immediately got on the plane back and I can remember, you know, vividly, everyone stopped paying because, of course, the product was defective. They stopped paying, they started moving to other companies. My entire sales team resigned. My accountant walked out. The only person who stayed was my PA, Alex, who's still with me now, who's actually over here, and um, my national sales manager. Um, But you know what we did? We just worked out how to see which ones of the colors were oxidizing first. I was slicing tubes open, and then I rang all of the salons and said, if you see anything that looks like this, don't use it, we'll replace it. And we basically started reproducing four shades a week out of 130. And we spent about $350,000 on FedEx that year, FedExing product in. Um, And you know what? Although it was traumatic and some of those customers are still my customers now, people remember how we handled it and we Mm -hmm. didn't deny it and we didn't say, oh, we haven't heard of any product problems you know, and then we fixed it and we overcompensated and, um, we recovered the business within nine months, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was pretty traumatic. And I'd I learned a huge amount from that. Yeah. I could absolutely imagine. So
0: do you have different product lines now? Is there anything else that you have now?
1: Yeah. So we, um, that was, you know, 2013 that that mm-hmm. happened. Um, we, you know, have a very stable suite of manufacturers now. We own our own factory here in Sydney that makes all of the hair care, the shampoos, conditioners, treatments, styling products are all made here because, again, I had a lot of problems with contract manufacturers that, yeah, you know, if they run out of a fragrance, they'll use a different one or they, they're they missing an ingredient and they leave it out and then you get unstable products. So. I um, we've got our own factory here and then I have a very reliable colour source that I've had for about five years. So that's all good now. And if anything, you know, we're focused on expanding our distribution and we're bringing out more lines to mm. go with o and um, But yeah, I mean, mm. you know, it's funny. We, there's still challenges. They could just get bigger, but I, <laughs> you know, they're just different and they get bigger. But I definitely think that successful people just... See a problem as an opportunity um, and the universe is sending you a message that you need to learn something and you need to re Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's interesting when COVID hit and all the businesses were pretty much decimated in the first few weeks, um, we rang all our clients and it was so interesting, Josie, that every single client that we rang, we were ready to have them, you know, be licking their wounds and be so sad and every single one of them was like they got their big girl panties on or they grew their big pair of kahunas and they were like this is what we're doing it was like for a moment they were in shock maybe for half a day a day and then next minute they're straight out of the gates like the word pivoting right like that, that every single one of them was just and this is what you're saying it's the mindset of the challenge we're in business we have challenges every day um, some of them have more zeros attached to it in dollars, though it's it's the execution of the problem. So I was blown away with one of our clients. She has a salon in a in in uh, Melbourne, and she was just launching it, like open for one week. I was meant to be flying there to do the training, and yeah. and then it was closed down. And then she got to open it for two weeks because the business started again. And then they had COVID hit a second time, and so we rang again. Like every time we rang, like this is an incredible businesswoman. She was like, "What we've done is we've decided to do online sales of all our products, and we're going to do these, you know, um, beauty packs." And and just went straight into fix it mode. Like, what can we do? So it's just really interesting what you're saying there. It's that you you learn, you know. Y- you don't go into business to not be stretched it's the biggest personal development course you can ever have like you learn so much about yourself highs and lows it's a massive roller coaster um yeah that's a really good point
1: Mm. yeah it is and i think when we went into covid as well like my our payroll is multi-million dollars in payroll and and, you know, we had 12 people in not lockdown in our New York salon from before. So we have like a salon academy there that we use for training. And when we go to New York Fashion Week, but it actually works as a salon. And, and then we have 28 people here. So, you know, I was just like, oh, my goodness, in March. And um, so what I did... And it's funny because I've got a business partner and they were like, Josie, what did you do? <laughs> but what I did was, um, first of all, we just said to everyone across the board, okay, we're all going to take a 20% cut in hours and pay, uh, including me, and we're going to stick together, right? So let's just all cut by 20%. Mm-hmm. So everyone took Friday or Monday off. And then... um we started to do zoom workouts with all of our customers i've got a really hilarious trainer who i've known for years and i called him and i said you need to get an iphone we're going to work out and he's like he he has like a nokia 30 368 or something like this really old phone it was so funny and so i was in my backyard doing workouts with all these salons around the world and all of the team and we Every morning we were zooming and we were using shampoo as weights and we were working. Oh, so good! And then we just did all these sort of podcasts and and interviews around wellness and mm. how to stay mentally well when you're at home. And we just, I just believe that so much life is about connection anyway. So yeah, we just try to stay connected with our customers and say, hey, we're in it too we also offered extended terms to all of our customers and Mm -hmm. payment plans where they pay tiny amounts each week. I mean, yeah, so I I just think it's about connection and COVID has taught me a lot about that and what my role should be moving forward, which was probably changed a lot due to COVID.
0: Yeah, wow, what a blessing. You know, as well, I think, you've weathered a few storms now over the years in, in business and things that have stretched you way beyond your means. So when COVID did hit for a lot of businesses that have gone through massive highs and lows, um, you know, I think they can get a little bit creative quicker and just what you've done there which is let's just stay connected. Like we're people. People, it's, it's, it's a trust in the brand. It's the relationship. It's the, the, the trust in the person behind it. So you rocking up every day and doing the workout with them. I think that's just absolutely magical. Yeah. What's some advice that you could give to our two different types of listeners? We have women that are just, you know, in their, their startup phase, they're just starting business. And then we've got women that are really seasoned entrepreneurs. They're, you know, looking to scale, they're looking to grow. Um, maybe they're looking to up a level where they're at now. Could you give a a piece of advice that you think that really would help them, that maybe has helped you or just something that's coming to you now, Um, one for each of those women?
1: Yes, totally. So for the woman who is thinking of starting her own business or has just started it, I think there's a common misconception that entrepreneurs are extremely risk-prone. I think most entrepreneurs start their business as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. So I would say, don't give up your day job. I would start it as a side hustle initially, and I would definitely get it going. Um, And then I think, you know, it's really, you've just got to blindly back yourself. Uh, Obviously, planning is important, but I didn't do a massive amount of it. But I blindly backed myself. And even when things went wrong, and yes, I learned, but yes, I still felt terrible. And I had business partners who would whip me every time something went wrong, which was a lot. And I'm now no longer in business with them, which I'm very grateful for. But although, you know, they were very difficult, I also learned a lot through that through trying to be better. But the one thing I really think is, you got to be your own best friend, So if you're going to start your own business, stuff is going to go wrong, people are going to criticize you, Um, you just got to be your own best friend. And I got very good at going, well done, Josie, well done, Josie. I love that. (laughs) It went, went, stuff was really bad. And um, so that would be for the person who's just starting. And then for the entrepreneur who is – sort of got to a certain size and now they want to, you know, expand overseas or whatever they're looking for. I think, you know, there's so much that you can learn online, right? I, you know, watch so much of what other people do. And I think, you know, even marketing is about 60% analyzing what's going on in the market and what's happening and 40% your own ideas. So, You know, be really clear about who your competitors are, where you want to expand to in the market, what's the channel. And um, and then, you know, potentially once you've proven your idea, you can also go for private equity funding. And that's also an option. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of businesses that don't get to the scale they want to because they don't have the money. Yeah because you, know, you can only grow as fast as you can afford to grow so really think about how you're going to get the money to grow i also did mm-hmm. debt factoring which was quite painful but it did work where basically the customer pays you the bank gives you the money straight away and then you have 60 days to pay them back mm-hmm. so there's lots of ways to yeah. get money i think that um growth is really just about money and if you don't want to take a business partner look out of the box. There are ways where you can get money. You might have to pay a little bit more for it, but it will be worth it on the growth side. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing
0: in business that money can't fix. If you need to grow the business, you need that cash. If your rent goes up, if your leasing goes up, you need more cash. It's, um yeah, for us, we teach sales. My husband and I have the Sales Institute and, you know, it's just as soon as we start really helping these business owners really start to make significant differences in months, like just some of them within a couple of weeks, and just noticing what that does, as soon as they start getting that injection of cash, it gives them the ability, as you're saying, to be able to scale or to be able to launch or to be able to really market or to be able to get to that next level. And we haven't actually had that as a piece of advice. So thank you for sharing that and sharing just an idea of, you know, how to get that private equity and, you know, just different ways of doing it if it's not just a fuel injection through revenue, through through your sales, just other ways of getting it.
1: Yeah, if, in knowing then what I know now, if I was starting yeah. again, I would I would do crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. and crowdfunding has recently become legal here but it was quite big in New Zealand it's quite big in the UK and what I like about crowdfunding is it's you get kind of mums and dads investors that just want to be part of something and then so you get this money and you can either do it where they get product from you or they actually own actual shares mm. but what is the best thing about it is you get all of this foot traffic you get all of these ambassadors that go so the best example of it is brewdog which is a beer company and in the UK they did crowdfunding and i think they've raised over 300 million pounds now but basically they what they did was they said to the guys oi mate do you want to own part of a brewery <laughs> yeah and so then all these guys the minimum investment was like seven pounds fifty which is about fifteen dollars all these guys started investing in this beer company and then saying to their mates oi we've got to drink the beer that i own part of Brewdog." and then what Brewdog did was they opened pubs and so then they did it again so then all the guys invested and said let's go to my pub at the weekend because they've got a discount or mm-hmm. just ownership and you know people just want to be part of something and I just think right now particularly in that beginning phase you mm-hmm. can crowd fund there's Kickstarter in Australia and I've been watching it yeah and it's fascinating what people are raising before they've even sold a product
0: incredible thank you so much that's just great Josie I'd love to finish the interview with this one question and it's really my passion is really helping women just stay happy while they're building their business while they're building their empire and sometimes we get so locked into the doing of our business we forget about how to realign ourselves and keep that vibration nice and high so I'd love to know what's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis some type of physical activity something that moves your body something that realigns you but it's something that gets you away from your computer and away from your
1: phone what would that be? Yeah, so uh, I believe that successful people, uh, it's all about how you start the day. So mine is always very early in the morning. I wake up naturally early anyway, probably before six. But it's all about how you start the day. And I have suffered from severe anxiety, which is just fear of the future, by the way. I mean, I'm sure you know that's just, you're looking too far ahead, you just try and stay present. But in the morning, what I do is I do a, a 10 minute meditation. Mm-hmm. And I listen to a particular healing meditation on YouTube that I just found that I kind of programmed my brain as soon as it comes on. I know I'm meditating, mm-hmm. and then I do e f t tapping which oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like the same as the acupuncture points. Mm-hmm. I've actually got a video about it on my Instagram, and um, what that does is it releases any blockages. And I just do six rounds of the tapping points with an intention. You set it with an intention, and then I always do some sort of physical exercise. And I'm, you know, I'm into I do interval training, uh, Pilates, reformer. Um, but I'd say that the one thing, if I'm in a particular, you know, bad spot, I soft sand walk. Because there's a lot about earthing as well. It's connecting with the earth. It's the mm. earth's electromagnetic field it actually makes your organs uh, function better, but it also just brings you back down to connect yeah. with the earth. We actually weren't meant to walk around with rubber on our feet. Mm. Yeah. So I think the morning routine is really important, but any kind of earthing, if you're in a particularly stressful situation and you've got a big decision to make, I would not think about it and go and walk on grass or sand have no earphones in, just connect with what's going on around you. Yeah, absolutely. couldn't
0: agree more, 1,000%. Yeah. We actually did an interview yesterday um, on the show and was saying the same thing about, you know, how we need to earth and how we just need to and we also, it's I was also saying about being careful of the ground that you actually walk on as well because sometimes they spray them with glyphosate and, you know, all these chemicals so you think you're doing something good and then you're walking on, you know, where, where the council's just sprayed. But, yeah, if you can get to sand or just your own backyard or your own front yard or where you know they're not spraying but, um yeah, thank you. Just doing
1: it and once also... Where you can create the silence, which is what's so good about meditating and walking on the sand with no noise. When you, most people wake up and go, Oh, I've got to do this, 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 pay this today. And that's all that happens. If you can create the space, that's when the new experiences come in. Absolutely and so for me that's the meditating, it's the tapping, and it's the, the grounding, the earthing. So I'm just I'm just a hippie. I know I oh, love the, oh, everything I'm, you're saying is resonating
0: with me and the ladies have heard it just from another voice in a different way. It's yeah, we need that space for our beautiful download to get our ideas. Um yeah, thank you, Josie. This has been an incredible interview. Um you're just a uh, fantastic uh just a highly driven woman that just has so much um just skill and um just experience behind behind you and just so happy that I could share you with the show today and with all the ladies listening thank you so much
1: thank you so much i feel very honored to be on your show and yeah We'll beautiful. say this we'll get the links
0: to that meditation and the link to your and- Tapping on your Facebook, we have had tapping on before, um, but it was probably, I think, episode early one of the you know top first ten episodes. I think we had, so we were up to around ninety now.
1: <laughs> so, um, so we will at link. you can tap for anything, yeah. And actually, even during COVID, I had the team. I was like. Right, we're tapping for money, we were going, Tap money is flowing easily into our lives. We've always got enough money, and they I see them looking at me going, She's finally cracked it now. <laughs> and like, oh, and is, when you watch someone do the tapping for the first time, they do think you're yeah. a little bit cuckoo, but it's, it's actually psychologically proven. It's, it's oh. not, it's, it's yeah, my psychologist told me to do it yeah it's it, apparently
0: instantly it decreases your um or increases serotonin by 25 30 pretty much instantly so if you think when well, we're stressed we're lowering that serotonin it, it, it boosts it straight away uh, Josie, thank you so much for today's interview. We're going to have all the links below uh, what we've mentioned on the show. So if you're listening to Apple iPod, uh, Apple Podcast, or Stitcher, just scroll below and you can click the link. Otherwise, if you listen on a different device, just go to AnnetteLackwitch.com and you'll find Josie's interview there and all the information. Thanks so much, Josie. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me. Send me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.